the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Right Makes Might. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome. I'm so happy to be back with you this morning to talk about the intersection of our faith and this troubled world in courageous Christianity. And again, I'm joined by my wingman, Christy Stratton. Today we're going to recap the first three episodes before we dig into some of the more complex areas of courageous Christianity. In episode one, we discuss courageous Christianity as the intersection of our faith and the world, and we said that it's a classroom, an opportunity, and a battleground. In episode two, we talked about good versus evil, and we agreed that evil cannot be appeased, that it's always worse than we think it is, and that there are no bystanders in that battle. In episode three, we spoke about love, not as a cup of hot chocolate on a cold day, but as a foundation of everything good, whether it says encouraging things or whether it speaks God's harder truths in an effort to guide. Valentine's Day is just passed with chocolates and roses, but Judgment Day is coming with fire and brimstone, and we must lift each other toward heaven in the way we act and speak and in the things we prioritize. That is real love. And before I get into our conversation today, I need to share with you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today seeking to better understand the difficulties and opportunities of our faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, that we may be effective as we go forth in our daily lives to bring your love and truth to bear on a distracted and devious world. Help us, O Lord, to hear your voice in all we do, to reach one another in compassion, and to be courageous as we walk out your will in our lives. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, Christy, we've talked about courageous Christianity, good versus evil, and love in the first three episodes. Since we began this conversation, I'm wondering if it's like that car that you like that you start seeing everywhere. So, 
Okay, so courageous Christianity, and now that we're talking about it, it's like in my mind all the time. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Okay. So a little thing kind of that I like to talk about called the reticular activating syndrome, (laughs) (laughs) which, yeah, you're like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, what is that? This is going to be promise I won't be going into that. But in a nutshell, that's when you hear something, when you become aware of something, you see that something more and more and more. And so to speak to that, yes, absolutely. Um, I've been on my walk since, well, for 20 years with Christ, seeking him. And, you know, I think you go through phases of um, maybe thinking you know everything, (laughs) right? Um, uh, Or thinking you've, you know, I I don't know, God's love is so huge and so wide and so big that I don't know that you ever could. But it's those phases of where something comes into your mindset that maybe you weren't aware before comes into your perception, comes into your eyesight, comes into your hearing, whatever it may be into your heart by a person, by, by a radio show like this one. And then all of a sudden, absolutely. Yes. You're like, wait a second. Okay. I understand this battleground. I see this battleground and you see it in the simplest of things, the most complex of things. You see it with people. You see it every day. Something specific. Can you think of, um, well, you know, one thing, uh, one of the things I do is teach uh, adults, and I teach adults really the higher level skills of communication. Um, I really ultimately teach, teach the golden rule, where chivalry meets the golden rule, and um, through a business etiquette class. And because it's out there in the public eye, so to speak, uh, you know, over the years, I, I, I say this often, that it is the biggest compliment if someone comes up to me and says, you're a Christian, aren't you? After the class, because I have hopefully led by example. But I wonder sometimes in that courageous Christianity, that battlefield of not wonder, actually, as I sit here and I think about it, I'm probably holding back. Not probably. I am holding back because I'm actually afraid to say God. And oh, goodness, that just as I say that, it breaks my heart. Well, we talked about courageous Christianity as defensive and offensive. So we talked about the fact that the good that you can do depends on your personal relationship with God and that you have to nurture that relationship and care for that relationship, understanding that the more effective you are in your faith, the more the devil will pursue you. So there's a lot that we have to do that's defensive in nature. I guess I noticed uh, some of the elements of creative Christianity very early on because I say grace before every meal. And that's part of my personal faith. And I was in a restaurant and I had a momentary question of should I say grace? And, you know, uh, Scripture says don't pray in public, but there was a context for that. It was to do with the Pharisees and self-righteousness. And so I decided I can't eat a meal without thanking God for it. And the fact that I'm in a restaurant doesn't change that. So I said grace. And this has become a habit with me. And so three times a day, because I eat almost three times a day, I have the opportunity to personally reaffirm my faith as I say grace 
I'm going to do it wherever and whenever I need. And people will see that, and they'll see a, a man submitted to God. And to me, that's just a, a small element, an easy-to-do thing with your family alone. Sometimes I'll pray with the waiter or the waitress. I'll ask them, they bring my food, and I say, would you like to say grace with me? And I think the defensive part is me being right with my God and saying grace. And then the offensive part is having the commitment to just look at a complete stranger and say, would you like to say grace with me? You're putting the world on its back foot as opposed to the world always putting Christians on their back foot. I'm going to step forward in love, and we're either going to hug or you're going to step out of my way. So I love that you said it's an easy thing to do and it's small. And and where my mind always goes is those people who may not be far in their walk with Christ, maybe wondering about it, maybe not even in a walk. And they might think, especially as we're talking battlefield, this big, huge picture of a thousand men and, you know, all all this. and, And they think, well... I can't even get to that, so why even try? But what I'm hearing in there is something very small that they can do, and that small something that they can do, it's doable. I like to say that it's doable. You said easy to do. And it matters. And it matters because it has such ripple effect. And even if you can take that next step, and that's such a beautiful picture of you reaching out to that server and saying, do you want to say grace with me? And Maybe you're not at that place right now. Um, I don't know that I would be at that place. But now here's another example of us even talking about it right here, living out our faith, courageous Christianity. That now is going to put me to a test, not really a test, but a decision. Is that where I want to grow to? You know, okay, I'm, I'm praying. Let me first, you know, conquer. So, so forth the fears of sitting and praying at every meal. Start there. And now let's take it to another step in in the walk with Christ, and let's um, let's do that, and then we can grow. Versus going, well, I can't do any of it because it's too hard. And, and the idea that they're separate. I really was stunned last week when I was talking to uh, I forget who exactly, and they said that even Christians want to keep their faith and their secular activities separate. And yeah, I just heard that too. Yeah, and I thought to myself, hold on a second. What's the point of your faith if it doesn't govern exactly. your life? Exactly. And why would somebody want to keep it separate? So, for example, we got this election coming up, and, and never talk politics, never talk this, never do this. But the truth of the matter is my faith governs my politics, not the other way around. True. And I was really shocked to hear that person say that even Christians want this separate. And maybe it's that in our secular activities, we don't want to feel judged. We don't want to feel like we have rules of engagement. We want to feel like I can be a little bit shady in business and it doesn't affect my Mm -hmm. relationship with God, but But they're one and the same. And so it seems like we're talking about three different things, courageous Christianity, good versus evil, and love. But in point of fact, courageous Christianity is good versus evil and love. So I'm reminded of a time when I was at a, a Red Lobster uh, yeah, I love, I love Red Lobster <laughs> in Beaumont. And I was on a long car trip and I ordered uh, dinner and uh, the server brought it. And I asked her, would she like to say grace with me? And she started crying. And I said, what's the matter? And she said uh, somebody had stolen her 
uh, little book that had all of the tips and pay in it from the meals uh, and that she had to now replace it. Mm. And so we prayed together and asked God for comfort and help. And it was an opportunity for me to minister to her so that this loving God is not some distant uh, notion, but right here, right now, in our problems, strengthening us, helping us to walk a good walk. And so it is all the one thing, courageous Christianity, uh, an expression a, a family member uses. She says, you be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love that because it asks the question, who are you? Right. And the, the, that's a good question to ask. And I think if people hear that without asking that question, who, who are you? then it goes back to something that I work with a lot with my clients and so forth, which is values. And if we don't know our values, whose values are we living on? And so we'll choose more of the secular world. If we get really clear in Christ, we have the ability to be you, be you. I think it's brilliant. You have some notes about courageous Christianity. Would you <laughs> share some of those I've with been us? I've studying. I like it. I'm a good wingman, aren't I? Yes, Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, you know, one of the things when I was reading through in, in your book, um, Courageous Christianity, it's a 40-day devotional, it talks about the 10 things that uh, you can do to be a warrior like Jesus Christ. And so I was going through those and the 10 things, and, and as I was looking at Courageous Christianity, good versus evil and love and all together, I kind of kept going back and forth like, okay, which number applies to which, but they apply to all. Because it really is about leadership and courageous Christianity. This is what I've taken from it. And that there's good and evil, as you were saying. There's love within that. But here's what you'll encounter because we're doing that. And that's where the, I think the, the um, courageousness comes from. Is you're going to feel fear. Do it anyway. Right. right. Um, it's, and, and as you say in your book, it's the battle for the truth. The devil is trying to overthrow good. It's uh, God, rather, and good, right? right? And love, all of them. So that's even one I just put together right now. Look at that. Um, And then there's leadership. And I go back to, you know, the first question we were talking about in in me teaching. There's one thing that I really have tried to do, which is lead by example. And I think those are in the little things that you're talking about that we can do and even in, you know, love, it's the month of love. And, and that's, you know, those little things that are go, going back to be that doable. And they might not think that's courageous, but some of those, you know, a glance at someone, a kind word, praying Absolutely. with someone, asking them to same gra- say grace, those can be the kindest acts of love, kindest acts of good, kindest acts of courageous Christianity. Yeah, so in this meeting, we're going to have a meeting. I'm going to meet the world, and I'm going to meet the world through a person mm. for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. we turn on the TV, and there's the world. Mm. We get an email, and there's the world. But right now we're talking about the opportunity that we have when we meet a person. And we've said that in that meeting, God is going to conduct class, and somebody's going to walk away smarter, and somebody's going to walk away changed. And the question is, who's going to change who? Mm. and it's not a power struggle because we do it in love. I often think of it as setting a table by my actions and by my words, which allows people to sit down and have dinner with God. Mm. 
and then the Holy Spirit will have his way in their hearts and God's will be done. But if I don't step forward such that you don't know I'm a Christian, a man of God, somebody who prays, somebody who reads the Bible, then that meeting will never have the context that is really going to change anybody. It'll be some secular context, some worldly context. And I just got done uh, doing my annual recurrent training in Denver where as a pilot you have to go do your check ride once a year. And I went to Denver with the attitude that, okay, I'm going to learn at least one new thing. And you take something that's like, oh, no, time to make the donuts. <laughs> and then you say, I'm going to get this one thing the out of The Shipley this. donuts. The, whatever kind of donuts. <laughs> Mike's raising his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Krispy Kreme guy because I lived in oh, Atlanta. Oh, you can't say that here. That's all about Shipley here. <laughs> I'm very sorry. It's all I, right. I can learn. It's donuts, right? So here's something that concerns me. The church has had to work harder and harder to pay the bills, keep the lights on, as it has been contending with society for believers. And as the church has sought to be more entertaining, have better music and better lighting, so as to put on a better spectacle, Mm -hmm. it's turned Christians into spectators. We show up on Sunday to watch a show. It's not a show. Mm Mm-hmm. Sunday is you on your combat outpost in a community of believers cleaning your weapons and getting your orders for the next week of missions that you're going to conduct on this battlefield. So we are not spectators, and ours is not a passive religion. Everything we do is about verbs. Mm-hmm. Action. Action. I, in my notes, I have that somewhere. Um and I'm trying to find it, but there it is, um, that men and women that who are warriors of courageous Christianity, they're in action. And I, in your book specifically says men and women of action are the warriors. And that's, that's the armor that we need to put on, the mindset that we need to put on, not bystanders. That's the good that we can do. Yeah. You can look at it as scary when you meet people. You can look at it in a lot of different ways, but the truth of the matter is it's, it's tremendously exciting. So the moment of truth we have on the show every week, which allows us to take a scripture from this book where a loving God speaks to us each differently, and he says things that are relevant in our lives. I think I told you the story that I once sat next to a fellow on an airplane who had just got his master's degree in business. And I said to him, have you ever read Proverbs? And he says, what are you talking about? And I said, well, Proverbs in the Bible is all about business and business ethics. Mm -hmm. And so this book that's a living, breathing book from a loving father has so much to give us. And I chose a scripture today from Psalm 107 verses 1 and 2. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. So we are redeemed in Christ. We are blessed and honored to have the chance to serve our loving God. It's our joy and it's our privilege. And we should give thanks in all we do. Our actions are giving thanks 
Our words are giving thanks. Our encouragement in these meetings and these intersections are giving thanks. We are God's anointed warriors, his messengers, his ambassadors in Christ. And we do this by telling our story in actions and words. You know, that brings me to um, taking that from the Bible and ap- applying it, you know, to our lives. Um, so m- the, the truth, we must go to the Bible because that, that, that is our rules of engagement. But it brings me to a quote I love, and I think it's perfect for, you know, j- the month of love. I think every month should be the month of love. But that's by Leo, Leo Briscaglia. Too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. And the, the, the premise, everything is in the Bible, that just said that there and applied every day. It's a choice. Absolutely. And that's courageous. Absolutely. It's a very good moment of truth. <laughs> a moment of truth. Folks, moving toward our time to say goodbye. Given that Valentine's Day has just passed, love love might be on uh, top of people's minds. And when you think about the romantic concept of love, it takes away from true love, real love in God's truth, God's truth, which is immovable. There's no such thing as your truth and my truth, as much as society wants to make us believe that. We may have our perspectives, but there is only one truth, and it belongs to the maker of truth, who is God. I said that I say grace everywhere I am, and I showed up to fly a flight once to Brazil with a gentleman I'd never flown with before. And whenever the meals come to the flight deck, I always ask the guy I'm flying with if he wants to say grace with me. So in case uh, you didn't catch it, I'm an airline pilot in addition to being in the Marine Corps Reserves. And I asked the fellow, would he like to say grace? And he said, I've never done that, but yes. So we said grace, and afterwards he asked me some questions about my faith. On our layover in Brazil, we went out to dinner with the entire crew, and when our food came, he looked at me expectantly, and he's the captain, and so the crew looked at him expectantly. And I said, let's say grace, and we said grace. I didn't see him at work for a couple months, and I asked a friend about him, and the friend said he had cancer. And so I called him on the phone, and it turned out he had a very aggressive cancer. And we prayed on the phone. We exchanged texts. And shortly before he died, he sent me his last text, his last words to me, which said, God is great. And so in love, I did something uncomfortable possibly even made somebody uncomfortable. We said grace together, and it was the beginning of a change which God knew was preparing him to meet Jesus. And so that's courageous Christianity on a battlefield in love. And if not that, then what? What are we doing here? So Christy, as we wrap up, what are your thoughts? And my thoughts often go to quotes and songs. And, and as, as I was preparing for our conversation today, I get, went to a song uh, by Casting Crowns, and it's about truth. And the title of it is, I'll, I'll Love You With The Truth. 
And so one of the things, just all of that is when we speak the truth, we show the world we truly love. So we just want to leave everyone with that from I'll Love You With The Truth by Casting Crowns. I love it. Thank you very much. That truth, in the words of the Bible, written by a loving God through his inspired messengers, gives me first joy and comfort in his love, and second, the courage to know that I'm doing the right thing, because if you say, stand firm in your faith, do what's right, it begs the question, what is right? And what the Bible says is right is what's right. I like to leave you with a quote, and this is from Dr. Martin Luther King, and he said, to ignore evil is to become an accomplice to it. Obviously, we cannot be that accomplice. Folks, if you'd like to learn more about spiritual warfare from the military perspective, please read my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. It's available on Kindle at Amazon and in paperback at rightmakesmight.com. Should you want to reach me, I am at rich at courageouschristianity.com. God bless and semper fi.